Officerprivacy.com, the company's officers trust with their online privacy. And now, here they are, the Badge Boys. Welcome back to another edition of the Badge Boys, a show where two retired cops talk to the community. I'm retired Crime Stopper Sergeant Darren Birch, and unfortunately, not in the studio this week is Jason Schechterly. Oh, and dude, we miss him. I know, and Aww. this is a situation, you know, his eyes are, you know, having problems with the seeing. People don't realize he he's so inspirational. Every week he comes in here watching him perform incredibly, and he has limitations. Yes. Uh, um, it, you know, what happened to him, gosh, it's just amazing. He's truly a walking inspiration for me. He really is. He is truly the heart of the show, and you, Robin, are the brains of the show so much so that you are the guest this week on wow. Badge Boys? Yeah, we're talking about Domestic Violence Awareness Month, October, and you have a wonderful book, an incredible book. And I, I hate to use the word wonderful; it's wonderful in the sense that it helps people. Victim no more, and I love that title. So we have our own Rock and Robin Cote as our uh, guest to talk about domestic violence and ending that cycle. Uh, then we go into Comp Talk. We're going to talk about the feds are now calling parents terrorists. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. That's yeah. not good. They won't call Antifa terrorists, but they're going to call parents terrorists who are going to the school boards. Yeah, more about that. And then in the last segment, we're going to have Looney Tunes. We're going to have heroic headlines. And I'll do the best I can with the inspirational clothes. So stay tuned, stay informed, and most of all, you're going to be entertained after this message from our sponsor, Officer Privacy. More stories, inside guests, and true blue humor coming up on Batch Boys. We'll be back right after this. OfficerPrivacy.com is offering a special deal for listeners of this podcast. This is a great deal. Go to OfficerPrivacy.com forward slash BB. Their team of current and retired law enforcement officers will remove your information from the top three sites that are showing your home address, phone number, and more. Sign up at OfficerPrivacy.com forward slash BB. You can also follow the link on our show notes. Well, my, my, my. We happen to know that guy. Criminals think they are so smart. The problem for them is the police are smarter. Detectives resolve things. They don't give up. I'm not the only one who answered the call. I am retired Sergeant Darren Bruce. Detective Chris McMullen. Detective Frank Diller. Robert Cushing. Vermont State Police. Now, where did he come from? Every detective has that one case. This is that one case for me. He thinks he can outsmart these detectives. Well, he has another thing coming. You're not going to be able to run from it. You want to find that smoking gun. He does what he was made to do. Find the bad guy. That is, as they say in tennis, game, set, and match. American Detective. You're listening to Badge Boys with retired police sergeant Darren Birch and retired police officer Jason Schechterly. Now, back to the Badge Boys. Uh, we are going to have a really um, powerful episode, I think, with domestic violence. We're going to talk to our own Robin, rockin' Robin Cote, I should say, uh, legend in the uh, uh, entertainment field, especially as it relates to uh, 
I, I, I don't think of you as a shock jock. I think of you <laughs> as a expert in all realms of radio and TV, and you've done acting, and, and you're a producer, and you, you do you do it all in this realm. But do you consider yourself like the early days of rock and roll as a shock jock? Is that what you kind of consider yourself a little bit? Um, to some degree. I mean, back in my early days of my career, the owner here, Dave Pratt, right. everyone knows that is local here, knows what a legend he was. And I actually interned for him while I was in high school. So, you know, you work with some of the most incredible people. And for me, it was Dave and Jonathan Brandmeier. And back then, I don't think they were really shock jocks, but they they knew how to have fun. And that was something that from the age of 11, being around those guys and learning from some of the greatest guys in the radio industry here, it taught me to not be afraid to say things. But, you know, you in regular radio, you have FCC regulations. Sure. So you you have to be careful what you say. And I'm grateful for that. I mean, podcasting is so much different, as we know, our friend likes to use a certain word quite a bit. <laughs> we call very, it the F-bomb. Very passionately. <laughs> and, you know, I do the same thing on my show, but that's because we're not governed to saying what we can and can't say. And George Carlin said it best, the seven words you weren't allowed to say, at least half those now you can say. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, Podcast, I, thank God. I think with me, I don't know if I was really a shock jock. I think I was um, all about the listeners. And, you know, that's, that's where my life ruled. They were the ones that were listening. And I've always believed that, you know, when you go to a concert, the musicians have to look at their fans like, hey, you know, you're paying money to be here. We have to respect you. We have to treasure you. Same thing with athletes. You know, you're coming to see us play. We have to respect our fans. So to, in being in radio, that's all it was to me is I grew up listening to it. I grew up calling DJs and requesting songs. So when people did that, I gave them what they wanted. And, you know, we had certain restrictions in radio, what we could and couldn't do. But, you know, I would always do for the listener and I would always answer the phones and talk to them because that's what mattered people. And, you know, you're communicating, you're taught in school that, you know, when you're talking to somebody on a microphone, just picture that you're talking to one person, make it very personable. So when they're calling or, or they're listening and tuning in or coming by the station to say hi, that's what matters the most. The outreach, the people. That, that connection. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that connection. Yeah. You know, and the reason I even want to kind of talk about the shock jock aspect, because, you know, like some people think that calling a cop, a cop is some some somehow derogatory and it's not it depends on on the intentions and so i know there's some people that embrace shock jock some people may not so i was curious how you felt about that because again that you can't be labeled <laughs> you do it all and you become like you talked about dave pratt very um known locally and nationally quite frankly because he was with lots of the uh, talking about shock jock uh he uh, was paired with the ultimate shock jock uh at one time mm -hmm. um i can't think of his name howard stern thank you howard stern yes um when you're that famous whether it's nationally or locally that that's scary because it people is. will absolutely um stalk you uh and as you know and this is my shout out to officer privacy as you know officer privacy deletes your personal information from the internet so you can feel safe they offer two services which we don't talk about very often they have the premium package which we do talk about which is where they do all the work for you but they also provide a do-it-yourself package for less than 
$10 a month, which you can also use to keep your family safe as well from prying eyes on the internet. Uh, the do-it-yourself, which they call the access to quick removal software, where you create your own account using officer privacy software to remove your private information. Uh, they have this easy-to-step instructions along with a more detailed written instructions and even video tutorials to assist you in removing your private information from all these search engines, these sites. Uh, when you sign up for the access to this uh, quick removal software, you can add, again, your family at no cost that lives with you. Uh, the access to the software is free. I said it again, it's free for 14 days, which is plenty of time to remove yourself from all these top 30 sites. If you want to continue, uh, it's $9.99 a month. Again, less than $10. Less than a, well, excuse me, it's about a quarter a day. It's actually 33 cents a day. And uh, Pete James and his incredible crew has made it easy for you to protect yourself for only 33 cents. There's truly no excuse not to take advantage of this wonderful offer at officerprivacy.com forward slash badge boys. Again, that's officerprivacy.com forward slash BB or Badge Boys. And I want to add a caveat please, to that real please. quick. I thought, you know, when I, I was a late bloomer getting there to officer privacy, but I had some issues going on in my private life where people were surfacing that I was trying to get rid of. So I decided to go sign up for that one thing you're talking about where okay. you do it yourself. Right. Um, unfortunately, life got too busy for me. Yes. So, you know, I decided to spend the extra $10 a month and now I have Steve which is one of the officers doing my work for me. And if you're so busy that you can't do this, please don't neglect it. It's only 19 bucks a month. Try it out yeah. for that, for 33 cents a day. Try yeah. it out. See if you have enough time. Because I, I went in, and you, you know me, Robin, I am... Um, intellectually very... challenged when it comes to internet. I, <laughs> I was going to say you're very meticulous. I didn't know. <laughs> I, I'm meticulous, but I'm intellectually challenged when it comes to internet, uh, navigating through what I call the scary uh, cyberspace. And I was able to do this. I really did. Uh, there's no script in front of me. I absolutely went through, and because I want to be able to talk truth about this. And right. man, I was able to go in very quickly. My information has all been purged based on him each month. Because, again, they put your stuff back on it. As soon as you purge it out, if mm -hmm. there's a way for them to get it back on, they do. When, and they call it opt-out. So basically what you do is you opt-out. I was able to opt-out my wife's information. Because, again, her information is my information. Right. And I was able to opt-out for her on the sites. And it was effective. And these step-by-step -step instructions are for each site. Because each site is different. Yes, it is. The opt-out program if you want to call it that is different so that's why it's really great to have officer privacy provide you with the software and more importantly the instructions detailed instructions on how to do it because they don't make it easy no no they don't but officer privacy does officer privacy allows you to go in Cleaned up, and he's absolutely right. Uh, 14 days is plenty of time to clean it up, and then you can choose. You know, if you if you have the time, then stick with it and do that uh, less than ten dollars a month. You know, thirty three cents a day. What is that? Two cups of coffee at Starbucks? I don't even, even think it's yeah, that. No, <laughs> yeah. I paid like six bucks for a cup the other day. Exactly, and so it's sense, and you're giving you the sense of safety so absolutely do it uh, i just love huge. it because i feel so comfortable now especially with getting rid of toxic people yes and then all you know if they do a google search you're kind of screwed if, if you're out there and being a public figure 
I'm out there, but I'm not out there. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah because what, that what you want out there is out there. It's the yes. personal information that is secured. I'm glad you mentioned toxic people out there because there are toxic people. I think you see where I'm going with this. There's a yes. segue here. Yes. Um, sadly, you don't know the toxicity when you're meeting someone for a first time or you're meeting them on the internet for a first time and you swipe right or left, whatever that is. I've been married 35 years, so I don't know which way you swipe. Thank God but, for that, right? But whatever you swipe, whoever you get involved and you have that first meeting, it's, I think everyone gets this. You're not seeing who they really are. You're seeing yes. hopefully, hopefully, you know, their best foot forward. Um, so I want to ask you about being Domestic Violence Awareness Month, I'd like to ask you about your first encounter with the man not of your dreams, because I know you also met a man of your dreams, but this encounter with the man not of your dreams, but of your nightmares, how did it go? Can you kind of give us a glimpse into, you know, the, the oh gosh, the, uh, Our the first honeymoon. meeting? Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the pre-honeymoon aspect, and was there any red flags, looking back, that sort of thing. If I had the correct parental units at home, then I don't think our first meeting would have ever happened. Wow. Um, I was 13 when I first met my first husband, Mike. And here's how this went down. Uh, from the age of 7 to 13, I was talking on a CB radio in our house. I was going to leave for school one morning. I walk out the front door, and this man was pretty much sitting up against the wall with his legs up on the bench. We had a bench in our front door and he was sitting there with his arms crossed. I walked out the door and he scared the living daylights out of me because you, you get that feeling someone's there. Yeah. And he said, good morning, honey. And he had a flower in his mouth, right? And this is a guy I maybe talked to a couple of times on the CB. We, we all had this group of people we talked to about our age or a few years older. And I didn't think anything of it. And it scared me. And I said, how did you know where I live? He goes, well, I tracked you down because you have the skyscraper antenna on your house. And I just followed the signal from the CB. I didn't think anything of this. I picked up no warning signs at that point because my parental units, you know, from the age of eight on, I barely got any attention whatsoever. And I'm not blaming this on my parents. First of all, let's get that straight. I understand their role in my life and I understand certain things now as an adult, but the fact that he showed up on my doorstep and tracked me down from a signal and then became a boyfriend, the signals were there. The sure. red, the red you flags just were there. Mature enough to, or experienced enough is probably a better word. I didn't and know. Had, um, the, it was attention. Yeah, he was yeah. paying attention to me. And at this point, you know, I was the fatty little four eyes kid who all of a sudden, at the age twelve, went on a diet, lost weight, grew five inches and didn't wear my glasses anymore. And here I am, the ugly duckling to the swan within a matter of a year, not getting attention from anybody. And this guy shows up on my doorstep and, you know, he wasn't a bad looking guy at that time. I mean, I, I can't stand what he looks like now because of what happened. But, you know, it was attention. He gave me attention and it made me feel good. And I didn't understand at the time what that was all about. It was somebody grooming me. Absolutely. And that's what they do. This, they are absolutely, I, I, that word is so spot on when they talk about grooming. Um, child molesters groom, uh, rapist groom. Um, you know, that whole, I hate that word, date rape. But when a sexual predator goes into a bar, they are grooming 
the environment for the perfect victim. They're looking right. for the person that's intoxicated. They're looking for the bar where there's dark. They're looking for all the things that help him get away with the crime. And when I talk about domestic violence, that predator in a domestic violence relationship knows who they are. They know they have anger issues. They like the, that power because it's not about a lot of things. It's about the power. It's control. It's absolutely that control. Yeah. It's no your, to, they're relying on your fear and, to control you. And would you say that it grew um, insidiously or was it like a light switch overnight in terms of the violence? With him, it was more about the emotional abuse and less about the physical violence in the beginning. And, you know, um, at 13, I was scared and he wanted to have sex with me and I had, I wanted no part of it. So for six months we dated, but you know, he wanted that. And I said, no, we broke up. And then it was a year later when, you know, I happened to walk by his house because it was on the way to school and something, I don't know why something hit me and I, I can't explain it, but we started back up dating again. So eventually I did lose my virginity to him at 15. And how old was he? Um, he was five years older than me. Okay, okay. So, you know, and he moved in out. In many states, that's absolutely criminal. Yes, um, yes. We're talking child molester. Yes. Um, in many states. Um, and again, I can't help but agreeing with you. You're open when you said, you know, and, and not to put words in your mouth, because you said, I'm not blaming my parents. You have to blame the, the monster who's the monster. But there's clearly a lack of parental guidance. Yes. Um, whether it's intentional, unintentional, whether it's, it's neglect in terms of criminal, um, you know, there's clearly an, an issue there because that would have been, like you said, everybody's uh, uh, warning sign that yeah. this is an a, an adult who wanted a 13 year old yeah and initially. Where, where is the protective father where's the protective older brother why isn't my mom stepping in you know there were there were signs when we were dating that things happened and the first time i mean this is really sad in the years we were together he only hit me three times but that's three times too many thank you and the first time he hit me i was 15 years old and there was a corner, and I remember this very distinctly because my junior high and my elementary were on the same side, and on the other corner was KZZP radio station. And we got into an argument because I wanted to go roller skating with my two girlfriends from school, and he didn't like that. Of course, we all know what this is. It's a power trip. You can't 100%. have friends. You Controlling, can't. absolutely. Yes. And he slapped me across the face in a car, his little Datsun that we were driving down on extension on 8th Avenue. I remember this like it was yesterday, and we're talking over 30 years ago. He slapped me across the face, and Darren, I jumped out of that moving car. I don't know how fast we were going, maybe 35. I think the speed limit was 35. I jumped out of that moving car, and I don't know how I landed. I just was stunned. I still don't know all these years later how long I was sitting on that corner, and all of a sudden, the car pulls back up, and my mother's in that car. I told her what had happened. She didn't believe me. She told me to stop acting like a child and to get back in that car and go home. So when you don't have a supportive parental unit and you don't have a voice, when your own parents silence you, that's a difficult place to be. So of course, I fell into 
an abusive marriage with him eventually because I had a kid with him. And this, the your parental, gosh, I, I hate to use even that word. You're the people that are supposed to be taking care of you, instilling these great values, uh, protecting you. I'll just say it, protecting you. Right. Failed. Sorry, but they did. They failed. Um, there's there's so many girls like you, unfortunately. And that's the right. sad news. That's the sad news. That's why domestic violence awareness is so important because there are so many survivors. And yes. that's why I love the title of your book, which is Victim no more. Doesn't mean you're not sad. Doesn't mean that you're not scarred. Doesn't mean well, that you you're not hurt. Well, you can hear it. it there's Clearly. The, the trauma is still there. Clearly. And that's because I can't express it enough to my mother what was done because my mother doesn't see that. Denial. It, it's, she, she asked me a year ago, she said, where was I when you were raped? Yeah. I mean, I had another incident. In where be- were you? And, and she, I said, you were sitting on the couch. And dad refused to call the cops because I had a sip of beer. I deserved being drugged and raped. And she goes, I didn't do anything. I said, no, you just sat on the couch. And there was nothing. There was, it, there was no apology still all these years later. And it's not that you're going to get an apology and not like it really matters. But from a very young age, I had to learn how to navigate. And I didn't know how to navigate because I saw my mother give in to my dad all the time. And, you know, apparently he hit her one time but he hid from the cops and he never did it again. But she likes to stay in a victim mentality instead of finding her strength. So I had nothing to pull from. And here's the worst part. And a lot of people know this, but a lot of people don't. I actually lost a child because I was married to that man. And my daughter was born exactly one year later after my son at my son's birthday party, I go into labor. We're at my parents' house. Now, mind you, at this point, I'm 18. I already have one kid celebrating his first year birthday. My husband makes an excuse to my parents saying that my medication is causing a bad reaction and he has to take me to the hospital. I go to the hospital. I deliver my daughter. Within a couple of days, she's gone. He gives her up for adoption and my whole world is just literally fucked because I can't tell my parents about this because of all the stuff that was going on. I had no trust. I had, I felt so alone. And I hate to say it, what good would they have done for you, quite frankly? I don't know. I mean, you didn't have any, you know, nothing in the trust bank with them in terms of this relationship with this, this horrible human being. I can't give you enough credit, not just for sharing, which is difficult, obviously, uh, but for what you've done. I hate to use the word moving forward because I get there's no such thing as, you know, closure. No, but there's no such thing. No, but but the secret to it is, Darren, you can't let it hold you back and you you. have to move through it. And you're a survivor and you've done so much with your life. You you're just you're helping every day. You put stuff on your social media that helps people every day. I read the stuff you put out there and this book. I guarantee you it has immensely helped so many people. Victim no more. It's available at Amazon. It's available everywhere, everywhere, wherever books are sold. Your story absolutely pulls so many emotions out of me. I can't imagine the emotions it pulls out of you. Channeling that emotion, channeling that pain, channeling that experience. 
what advice would you give to a young Robin out there, a 13, 14 year old girl whose parents may not be there or who are there, but for whatever reason have missed the boat? What advice would you give them? If, I mean, this goes both ways because this happens to young men too. In my experience, I've learned that it goes both ways with the control issues. If they're telling you to stop spending time around your friends, if they're telling you, in my case, he was telling me what I could and couldn't wear to school, I wasn't allowed to ride the school bus. I either had to walk six miles to school or get a ride from him if he was available. Um, if something just doesn't feel right, you know, I wasn't taught to trust my gut, but that's the one thing I've learned through the years is if it doesn't feel right, if you feel knotted up in your stomach, if this person is causing you more heartache, you know, we don't really understand emotions and feelings. Um, I thought this was my first love, but you know, I never really understood what love was until I met my late husband who died from cancer. And that was in my 30s. The man of your dream. Yeah. And, you know, the biggest thing is if something doesn't feel right, don't shut up about it. If someone is trying to control what you do, what you say, how you look, anything of that nature, that's not normal. That is not normal. That is not love. Hitting you is not love. Um, Belittling belittling you, telling you that, you know, take, for me, I had to go from, I stopped wearing dresses to school because I had to walk and it was hard to walk that far of a distance. So I started wearing concert t-shirts, blue jeans and moccasins, which were flat. And it was easier to walk six miles in that and not hurt my feet than to have this guy tell me that you can't do that. So I started changing everything about myself and you know, what's even worse is my parents let him move into the house. He shared a room with my brother, but he would sneak into my room almost nightly. And it's not that he forced me to have sex, but he he emotionally blackmailed me into thinking that I had to do that in order to keep my boyfriend. And And you're a child. I can't keep and that was when I was 15. Let's Thank make you. sure everybody knows that, 15, you're, 16. You're still a child. Yes. So your parents should have known or did know and ignored it. Well, they didn't care. There was even a point where he put a twenty two pistol to my head after school when my parents weren't both, They were neither one of them were home. But he was in my room and he put the gun to my head and he threatened me. And even that was not a red flag enough for me to go screaming somewhere else and say, hey, this is just not right. He's threatening me with a gun. And I think that's, there's a lot of horrors of social media. Yes. I think that's also one of the huge benefits that these young girls, these Robins out there, 13, 14, 15 years of age that may have bad parental guidance as well, or maybe just not listening to their parents. The parents are maybe trying desperately, but they're not listening. The social media, there's a lot of outreach in terms of domestic violence. Uh, just recently, we'll be talking a little bit about this in Cop Talk with, with Facebook, how they've dropped the ball um, as it relates to girls. But as much as there's the bad players and the bad actors and the negligence and the incompetence there's also good people out there reaching out through domestic violence shelters 
programs, awareness. Even more than that, and I will Thank say you. this, I had a teacher, my home economics Thank teacher, Ann Brodine, and I will never forget her. She actually came to our wedding when we got married, but she offered me that support. I think she understood that there was something not quite right, even though she came to the wedding, but she always said to me, if you need to talk, I'm here. So as a young woman, even as a young man, if something's not right and you're not able to communicate that to your family, talk to your friends, talk to your teachers. If you go to church, talk to a minister, a pastor. There's so many people you can turn to. And let me tell you this, the biggest thing, if someone doesn't have time for you, please do not feel like you're alone. Keep going until you find that person that's going to sit down and listen because they're out there. They they're are. Out there. It's just, don't be afraid to share things. And I understand how scary it is because being married to him and being pregnant and not being able to tell anybody I was pregnant, I live with the daily threat of the two twenty-two rifles up on the wall. And he would tell me, if you tell anybody you're pregnant, I'm going to shoot our son and make you watch. And then I'm going to shoot you. I lived with that for quite a while not being able to tell anybody and I'm one of the lucky ones because this could have been so much worse yeah I lost a daughter but you know the the day that finally ended things he struck blood and when he struck my blood I turned into somebody completely different at 20 years of age and I literally fought my way back and I don't recommend a physical altercation but this was Good back for you this was back in 1987 so this was before the police could arrest somebody and take them to jail right, right it took nicole brown simpson and her death to where now they have to take someone to jail and in my era unless something was shown like bruises or blood you pretty much couldn't do anything and back then in 1987 i was lucky and I, I, like I said, I don't suggest fighting back. I suggest getting the hell out. Get out, go someplace safe. And once you're out, please, please, please don't go back. No. I, I have worked with no. so many women now who I have gone, it, it just breaks my heart because all it takes is one I love you and one bouquet of flowers or a diamond bracelet or something, a nice gesture, and they go back. And you can't no you can't no, because and, you're empowering them you've just empowered them instead of empowering yourself and being that person and having a thriving beautiful life you've just empowered the predator because they know that now it's a cycle all they can be sorry 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 until they're not and i want to say this one thing too darren since we have a lot of males in the audience it does not make you a pussy to be in a situation where a woman is physically emotionally assaulting you yeah and i can it add doesn't. to that i can add to that having been bullied in first grade right. by a girl right. um you're taught not to hit a girl and good for you it doesn't mean that you take the abuse no you don't tolerate you it you don't tolerate you, you get walk out. away and get for women out. out there um robin says she had to fight back i've always told people and this is now branching off as we go into our commercial break away from DB a little bit. If you're in a situation where some guy is trying to get you in his car, you fight 
you fight as if it's going to be your last breath. Um, there's nothing safer than where you're at around people, and there's nothing more dangerous than getting a car. So fight. I love the idea that you fought. I, I be honest with you, I love well, that idea. I saw blood, and that just changed my whole perspective. I love I, it. I lost. It was like the raging bull. Yeah, and that saved your life. And the saving grace I got out of all of this is I broke the cycle because yes. his fa- my son's father wanted nothing to do with him and basically signed away his parental rights. And now I have an amazing 36-year-old son who is a great father to and, two children. An amazing life. You're not just an amazing grandmom, but amazing life. Again, I can't stress enough the book, uh, Victim No More. And Robin, thank you so much for sharing your soul, your pain, and giving such great advice. We'll be right back. More stories, inside guests, and true blue humor coming up on Batch Boys. We'll be back right after this. I'm Pete James, a retired law enforcement officer who has a passion for the safety and security of those in the profession. OfficerPrivacy.com offers a full range of privacy services that removes your personal information from the internet so you and your family can feel safe and secure in your home. OfficerPrivacy.com will keep you safe. You're listening to Batch Boys with retired police sergeant Darren Birch and retired police officer Jason Schechterly. Now, back to the Batch Boys. You know, uh, Robin, that was so real, so beautiful sharing. I just, it, it makes me think of your show. You have Get Real with Robin. It's on this network. You have such great guests. We still guest no, back and forth. We, we do. forget about that. You remember, you're not a guest on that show. You're a co-host. <laughs> yes, we are. We're and I'm part of the collective. You've done that many times. You've co-hosted several episodes. A wonderful, wonderful show. It really is. It, it And it truly gets real. Uh, so again, thank you so much, Robin, for sharing being part of our domestic violence episode as we talk about your parents and dropping the ball you know literally um it reminds me of what's going on with the school boards and how these parents aren't dropping the ball whether you agree with them or not is is not the point the point is they're involved we want parents to be involved we want them to be in the school we want them to be part of the school board. We want them to be PTA meetings. These are good parents. And Saturday Night Live had fun at their expense. Next, a still image of the YMCA youth soccer schedule for six days. But now, the District 7 school board meeting. Motion passes. The name of Robert E. Lee Middle School will be changed to Robert E. Lee Was Bad Middle School. (laughs) Now, we know there have been lots of questions about the school district's COVID safety policies, so we open the floor to the public. Ma'am? Hello, my name is Jane Nordling Smythe. I am concerned and I am also crazy. Let's begin. The Johnson, Johnson, and Johnson are from because of Fauci, okay? And the Fauci is only part of it, but not on T-Mobile, because this, all of this, this is about Israel. (laughs) Ma'am, ma'am, do you have a question about the school district's COVID policy or your child's safety? I don't have a child, and I don't live in this town. Then you should not be here. Next. Um, so I'm confused. My son can't play football because they said the vaccine he got wasn't valid. Okay, well, that was probably an error. Which vaccine did he receive? He got Mike's Heart vaccine. (laughs) Mike's Heart vaccine? Yeah, that's definitely not on the approved list. 
I told you, Ma, I told you that guy was lying. Oh, uh, okay. All right, next. Hi. I'm so mad, I'm literally shaking right now. <laughs> Forget COVID, the real threat is critical race theory being taught in our schools. My question is, what is it? And why am I mad about it? We are taking questions about the COVID protocols. Yes, sir, hello. Hi there. If a child tests positive, is the school authorized to give them Ivertipecatraz, uh, which I took and cured my COVID in basically half a day? And what exactly is that? Uh, it's a hormone given to elephants in captivity to boost sperm production. And it's very safe. My son took it and had no adverse effects. <laughs> We are not authorized to administer any treatment. Next. Hi there, I'm Mr. Dodd. I teach earth science at Robert E. Lee, was bad middle school. And look, I know we're just trying to keep the students safe, but I've looked into it and I can't find any proof that separating students by race is gonna, is gonna stop COVID transmission. Is that something you're doing in class? Yeah, and I'd prefer not to. The science just doesn't back it up. I mean, not to mention, I think it's frankly a, a little racist. It's a lot racist. <laughs> and it's also not part of our COVID policy. Well, no, I, I mean, I've got the memo right here. It says, um, okay, oh, okay, man. I see now it says separate by six feet, not segregate by <laughs> six feet. Okay, that's my bad. Uh, bonehead alert. Well, I'm glad that mystery solved. It's been a weird two weeks. Thanks, guys. <laughs> we are so getting sued over that. Next. <laughs> Sir, do you have a question? Barack Hussein Obama. No, no we're not doing that. Next. Jan Krang, J-A-N-K Rang. This is not about the Kovar virus. This is about the high school teens who meet in the parking lot near my home to vape and anal each other. Miss Krang, no. Uh, 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 no, Miss Krang, goodbye. Hi, boys. Hi, uh, we're juniors at Mead High School. Our question is, why can't we game in class? Uh, again, we're hearing COVID safety issues only, but you're at school to learn, not game. Bitch. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. <laughs> I'm laughing my butt off. Bitch. Uh, yeah, I, I wanted to end on that note. It goes on. Uh, you know, I have no problem with making fun of individuals that get outrageous. What I have a problem with is for the school to write a letter to Biden, uh, and the letter is from the National School Board Association. It's a biggie. They wrote this letter basically wanting them to consider placing the, a label on these parents as terrorists. What even upsets me more is that the DOJ not only took this letter from the president, and has given it to FBI, who is absolutely considering this. My anger is that for almost a year, um, in fact, just the first weeks of that riot that started from the horrible, horrible murder of George Floyd, 2,000 police officers were injured in just the first weeks of that summer of riot. And the summer of riot kept going well past the summer. Um, Still going in some Portland cities. Portland had 100 
consecutive over 100 straight days of riots, violent riots, where they were trying to burn down the federal building. They burnt all across the country, all across the country. Antifa and BOM were responsible for, for, and many, many other bad actors, including politicians, celebrities, were creating such a harmful event for police officers and the community. Because as these police officers are all dedicated to this riot line taking, pummeling, outnumbered, watching their cities burn down, the rest of us couldn't even get through with 911. And all that occurred from these rioting individuals who wanted to terrorize. And we didn't, we didn't call them terrorists, but we're thinking about calling parents terrorists. Yeah, it's wrong on so many levels. And what I'm talking about, and I'll kind of read from this, uh, this headline, school boards ask Biden to review threats and violence as possible domestic terrorism. In a letter uh, from the National School Board Association, which was um, talks about the laws after September 11th, about the attack of the World Trade Center designed to halt terrorism. They want him to use these laws. Um, yeah, uh, it's amazing. Uh, let's see, they cite various newspaper articles about the angry demonstrations at school board meetings and other incidents around the country. And there is some anger. That's okay. If we're allowed to be angry at our politicians and that's First Amendment right to be angry and cite your grievances, whether you're on the left, the right, the middle, the Green Party, I don't care. That's your First Amendment right, freedom of speech. And for these parents to be involved in their schools, that should be something they should be commended, not condemned. And for Biden and his cronies to think that they can um, intimidate the parents not to have a voice is beyond the pale. So this is just a very fast cop talk segment. I just really want to address this. If you hear this, you see this, get involved. Again, I, I'm like, you know, many of you, uh, I, I'm all over the place on different issues. I'm not labeled based on my po political preference. You know, I took, I took the vaccine. I have the, I took the vaccine both on doses. I have no problem with that. I also have no problem with people that have an issue with it and they have every right to have issue. If there are in a category where they don't trust it, don't want it. Guess what? God bless you. Um, I did it. And th those who don't, I get it. And parents who are concerned for whatever reason have a right to voice their concern. And if they're, you know, they're a little bit over, you know, animated uh i have no problem with it's called you know, being passionate about yeah, your children yeah, but i have no problem with saturday night live you know t having fun with it i hope they also have fun on the other side and they probably won't but i have no problem with calling something out if it's if it's silly or funny or whatever but their passion like to your point robin that passion is love and concern for their children and they have every right and every God bless them for being involved and for us to try us. When I say us, I'm talking about Biden and the government to basically try to threaten, label them as domestic terrorists. Shame on you. I got to say something Please. just because we live in America and we have to think about some of the other countries, some of the other countries where they go in and they take your children out of your house and put guns in their hands. And they make them fight when they're not even old enough to drive a vehicle like out here in the United States. So the fact that parents are able 
to speak here in America and to protect our children, that's what being in America is all about. 100%. And if you are going after parents, then how about the loons are going and attacking um, the city council meetings with violent rhetoric and hatred towards cops? Are we going to call these activists, I'm using finger quotes, terrorists? No, of course not, because they're allowed to do that. They're, they're in, encouraged to go to city council meetings, and they should be encouraged to go to school board meetings as well. And that's the last on that. We are going to be right back with some loony laws and a heroic headline and an inspirational close. More stories, inside guests, and true blue humor coming up on Batch Boys. We'll be back right after this. We both signed up for the service and are so happy with it. OfficerPrivacy.com is offering a very special deal for listeners of the Bad Boys. This is a great deal. Go to OfficerPrivacy.com forward slash BB. Their team of current and retired law enforcement officers will remove your information from the top 30 sites that are showing your home address, your phone number, and so much more. When you sign up now with our link, you'll get a free bonus mailed to you, plus your first month of monitoring for free. You don't have to be an officer to sign up. If you are a family member or just don't want your personal information out there on the internet, you can join OfficerPrivacy.com. We've met the owner, had him on her show, great guy, and he will take care of you, I promise. If you care about your online privacy, and I highly recommend the service he provides, sign up at OfficerPrivacy.com forward slash BB. Well, my, my, my. We happen to know that guy. Criminals think they are so smart. The problem for them is the police are smarter. Detectives resolve things. They don't give up. I'm not the only one who answered the call. I am retired Sergeant Darren Burke. Detective Chris McMullen. Detective Frank Diller. Robert Cushing. Vermont State Police. Now, where did he come from? Every detective has that one case. This is that one case for me. He thinks he can outsmart his detectives. Well, he has another thing coming. You're not going to be able to run from it. You want to find that smoking gun. He does what he was made to do. Find the bad guy. That is, as they say in tennis, game, set, and match. American Detective. You're listening to Batch Boys with retired police sergeant Darren Birch and retired police officer Jason Schechterly. Now, back to the Batch Boys. And to my favorite part of Badge Boys, which Yay. is the Looney Laws. I love this. I know uh, Jason is listening and he's all excited for the theme because uh, uh, they may have made sense when they were written, these crazy laws. But they're laws that are truly questionable or just plain loony. And they're in every state. And here's the next set of Looney Laws. Okay, the first loony law comes in from Maryland, where cursing is prohibited while driving. That's right. It is illegal to swear or curse upon any street or highway in Rockville, Maryland. Stay and, out of there, Jason. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I F-bomb could get you, uh, I don't know, <laughs> executed. A big effing ticket. Yeah, a felony. Yeah, F-bomb would be a felony bomb. Uh, anyone <laughs> caught swearing faces a misdemeanor charge and a $100 fine. Now, I think that makes road rage even worse. This, I'm serious, as I truly believe that 
cursing helps you calm down when someone cuts you off in traffic. If you can vent a few choice curse words, I think it helps you calm down. So I say throw away the stupid city swear jar law. Let people vent in traffic and you'll have a lot less road rage. Keep the windows up and don't let them hear you. That's the secret. Yeah, and no no, no finger signs. No, no you got to below yeah. the dashboard where they can't see it. Your finger sign may equal a gun sign to them. So yes. don't do it. Just don't, don't do it. Curse. Yeah, just not in uh, Rockville, Maryland. Next law comes in from Massachusetts. It's illegal to dance to the national anthem. Yep, you heard right. It's prohibited to dance to the Star Spangled Banner in Massachusetts, thanks to an excessively patriotic misled law in 1917 that's still on the books. Now, I'm trying to picture, and help me out with this, Robin, I'm trying to picture what that dance could even look like. I definitely see the iconic head nod. I see the lower lip bite. The chicken. You're right, right. You got to have your hand on the heart, though. But would there be a pelvic thrust to that? I mean, would you also do a pelvic thrust? A twerk? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, we'll have to think about what the uh, new stars. What were they doing back in that day and era? Who knows? I I don't know. But there's a a much weightier um, document than that silly law. It's called the Constitution. So, yeah. Yeah. Feel free to dance. Uh, in Minnesota, and this is our last because we're running out of time, so I'm going to end it with Minnesota, where pig greasing is prohibited. Yep, sadly, this law is exactly what you, you think it is or sounds like. You are not allowed to grease up a pig for enjoyment. Now, since 1971, it has been considered a misdemeanor to operate, run, or participate in any activity where a pig is oiled up and released with the object of being recaptured by drunken yahoos running around their barn. Um, now, now, I know they're crazy long winters in Minnesota, but, and I know it can be boring, but it's still not right to hold these private grease pig chasing contests in your backyard, okay, or worse, in, in your, uh, your house, in your kitchen. Uh, it's just so wrong. And did you know what the main prize of these uh, contests are, Robin? No, what's that? Uh, you've heard of, like, spin a bottle where the prize is seven minutes in heaven in a closet or something? Yeah. Yeah, this is seven minutes in hog heaven. Oh, squeal, squeal. <laughs> Oh my God, where do you come up with this? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. I had to go there. I just had to go there. And that is this week's Looney Laws. And now Robin is going to give us our heroic headline. Thanks for that, Jaron. That that's pretty cool. I get to do this, and, uh, yes. and, and Jason's not here, so I will do as best as I can. This is the second week in a row that I've been given this honor. Hero officer saves residents trapped inside burning New Jersey home, and this comes out of Inglewood, New Jersey. A police officer in New Jersey is being heralded for saving two people trapped inside a burning home. Officer John McConnell heard cries for help inside. He wasn't able to open the door of the home, so he used a cinder block to pry it open. He entered the residence and it was filled with smoke. Luckily, he was able to find the two residents and lead them to safety. The Inglewood Fire Department arrived to the scene and rescued another resident who was trapped on the roof. Everyone, including Officer McConnell, was treated and released. Now that's really cool. I never thought about using a block, a cinder block, anything 
just right? to, to get your way into the house. That's pretty damn cool. Yeah, it's, it's thinking on your feet. It's it, and again, these I don't want to say little because you're saving lives, but it's it's it happens every day. It's every officer's out there doing these things, and we're just going to shed you know shed light on it. We just are right. And, and it's bravery it. at its best because you guys are the first responders, and I understand firemen came after the fact, but the police officer took a cinder block yes. and busted down the door to get in and say, that that's and really cool. You know, and I love messing with the fire guys. I love calling them <laughs> hose draggers. Uh, <laughs> and I know right now Jason is getting mad at me because he loves them. And he has every right to love them. Oh, which is a perfect segue for my inspirational close, which is two words, Jason Schechterly. He is truly an inspiration to me in so many ways. Uh, seeing him week after week here, uh, I did not know him. I, of course, knew of Jason and I knew of his story and knew of the gosh the heroism of the fire department the the incredible nature of the burn unit at the maricopa county um, burn center which is you know one of the best if not the best doctors all these people that saved my dear friend's life but when i'm here to talk about the inspiration that gets me every single week is watching jason uh doing not just a great show, not just putting his passion, his heart, his every ounce and fiber and and being into the show, but doing it with such difficulty in terms of physicality. He has horrifically poor vision based on that explosion in his patrol car. He has difficulty seeing. The print that we have for him to read these stories are, you know, huge. It is, and it reminds me of the time when he was working a case, a homicide, where when he was in a homicide unit, he sadly had to investigate and assist in investigations of officer-involved murders. I'll just call it what it is, uh, officer murdered. And David Uribe um, was a police officer with the Cactus Park Precinct in Phoenix. Uh, I not only worked with him, but his son, Adam, was on my squad. He was one of my detectives in the homicide unit when I was a night detective. So I knew that family. And I did not know this, but I heard it later from a mutual friend that when Jason was helping investigate that murder of David Uribe, his eyes were literally bleeding. Jason's eyes were bleeding. He had pushed his body to the limit. And that was finally a sign that he needed to retire. This is a man who wakes up every morning, makes the place, makes the world a better place than when he woke up. And he does that every single day. He, he's lecturing. He goes around the country. He is truly inspiration. I know at the end of October, he's going to be with um, Randy Sutton and a bunch of other heroic warriors in Las Vegas. And I strongly recommend you going seeing my dear friend, Jason Sheckley, who is truly not just inspiration to me every week, every day, every minute, but can be to you too. Trust me, listen to him speak, get his book, which is called Burning Shield and uh, the Jason Sheckerly story. It is truly riveting reading, but more importantly, it's inspirational. And that wraps up for this Badge Boys. Uh, I want to thank Rock and Robin for being just the best guests in the world. You are just amazing what you do. You're truly the brains. Jason Sheffley, get better, my friend. Uh, you are the heart of this show. And you, the listener, well, you are why Badge Boys is here. So thank you. Until next week, stay safe. Badge Boys.
Thanks for listening to Badge Boys. <laughs> Stories, insights, guests, and true blue humor with retired police sergeant Darren Birch and retired police officer Jason Schechterly. Badge Boys, heard weekly and worldwide on Star Worldwide Networks and all mobile devices. Badge Boys.